0: Welcome to Tidbits at Ticketbud. My name is Kahan, CEO of Ticketbud. Today I have Scott Shepherd, the event producer, event creator of Wingarama, formerly Austin Wingfest. Scott, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Scott. We've been working with you guys for for two years. This is the fourth uh, chicken wing festival that we that we've helped uh, you guys for the ticketing with. Tell us a little bit about what we have in store for 2019 here in Austin for Wingorama. I'm really really excited because you guys have locked in an awesome awesome location. I think an underutilized location as well. It is Republic of Square Park here in downtown Austin.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is the third iteration of uh, what was Wingorama and uh, Wingorama now was previously the Austin Chicken Wing Fest. Um, we are doing it at Republic Square Park this year, which I think has all the makings to really be an iconic Austin event space um, so recently you know under construction redeveloped um, but it's a great spot in the heart of downtown um, and they've been really incredible to work with
0: yeah they've been the the, the group behind the Republic Square Park they do a, a farmers market every weekend it you know it draws a great audience great walk-up crowd but it's such a downtown central location. It's so accessible. It's so walkable. I'm really excited. You guys were able to uh, secure that location. Can you tell
1: our audience a little bit about Wingorama? When is it? What can they expect? Yeah, sure. So Wingorama is on June 30th. Uh, it's a Sunday at Republic Square Park. Um, the event runs from one to five p.m. Um, although we have a few different tiers of tickets, so uh, GA general admission will get in from one to five p.m. for all-you-can-eat wings. Uh, we also have a VIP and early bird uh, ticket skew, which allows folks an hour early entry to the festival. So that's always been a crowd favorite. Get in, kind of beat the crowds, beat the heat, try all the different wings and then you can spend the rest of your day just drinking cool beverages and you know circling back to try vendors that you really liked. So all-you-can-eat wings? All-you-can-eat wings. You buy a ticket, you come in, whatever you want. That's it, yeah. And we also, um, in addition to just chicken wings, uh, something that we've expanded in the uh, the past year or two um, is a wing-inspired category, uh, and so that allows us to have some restaurants that maybe don't have chicken wings on their menu or even vegan vegetarian restaurants to come out, um, kind of display their, their best dish to the crowd. So for instance, we had uh, last year in Austin a restaurant called Beer Plant. Their vegan restaurant did a buffalo fry uh, cauliflower. I had that. That was, was actually really good. A personal favorite. I uh, really liked that one. So it's kind of nice to be able to not just have wings. It allows, you know, you know, you can bring your your siblings, your your mom, your girlfriend, whoever that might not be a big wing eater out to the fest and still enjoy themselves. So, Wingarama
0: originally started out as Austin Wing Fest. It's evolved, um, and it's something that that internally we think of it as kind of a, a boutique food festival. It's a food festival specific to a, a specific type of food. You're engaging the local community. One of the things that that you guys do well is you bring a lot of great restaurants to the event. To, to kind of share their, their wings, share their parts. Tell us a little bit about what you
1: have in store for 2019. Yeah, so uh, we'll have about 20 different restaurants come out. Uh, that, that seems to be the, the sweet spot. Um, and, and again, they'll be cooking, you know, either chicken wings or chicken wing inspired dishes. Um, and I think in terms of bringing the restaurants out, we, we always do a competition. So every attendee at the festival uh, gets two tickets to cast their vote for best wing and best wing inspired dish. And we also have some local dignitaries and media um, that will also form a judges panel and they will judge the restaurants. Um, and at the end of the day, we kind of crown the people's champ and the judges champ. So um, really great way to get the restaurants involved, get them engaged and, and kind of get this competitive fervor going.
0: If you're a restaurant,
1: it's not, it's not necessarily easy to de- deploy
0: all these resources. You know, Restaurants have... High labor costs, high food costs, you know, all these things. But you're trying to, as an event organizer, you want this restaurant participation and you want them to get value out of this event. So, you know, for them, are is it the bragging rights, is it the exposure? What what is the restaurant getting out of participating? Because the, the the participation of the restaurant is really has been critical to the success of this of this brand.
1: Yeah, I think you know the, the value to the restaurants is is a couple things. So one um, just, you know, customer acquisition um, through foot traffic at the event, um, plus just the marketing, you know, that, that kind of pre-event that we do. Um, and, of course, the bragging rights are huge. You know, to be able to tell, uh, you know, patrons in the Austin community that you were voted best chicken wing in Austin by, you know, 2,000 people who attended a chicken wing festival is, is huge. Um, so I think you know that's the real return on investment for these restaurants. We know um, it's a it's a long, hard day for them. Um, so in addition to that, we also try to make it as easy for them up front as possible. We have no entrance fees, uh, as some food festivals do for their participants. Um, we take care of a lot of their licensure, licensure fees um, and really kind of handhold uh, through the, the permitting process. Uh, we really want to make sure that it's as low impact as possible for them with as much return on the back end. So a lot of shepherding of these restaurants that you're bringing into right. the door. Yeah, we want to make this as fun for the restaurants as it is for the event attendees. Let Wing arama handle the work and you know the back end stuff that's less sexy and less fun.
0: So Wing arama you guys always had great attendance. Um, as long as we've been working with you, all your events have have sold out. And this isn't just an Austin thing. It started as the Austin Chicken Wing Fest, but then you guys realized that hey, there's a great opportunity to take this festival and take it to other markets in Texas. And then that's when the kind of rebrand came in. You shifted away from Austin Wing Fest and now it's, it lives and breathes as wing What have been some of the challenges that as an event organizer you've had in um, taking a property, rebranding it, develop it, and
1: launching it into a different market? Yeah, so I, one of the big ones is just understanding um, the, the customer base in a different market. Um, we did Houston um, last fall and I think we were all a little surprised at just the, the difference in buying habits there. So uh, because the, the weather in Houston tends to turn on a dime, uh, for outdoor events, people are really, really last minute about buying tickets. And, you know, that gave us a lot of heartburn, uh, you know, in the week leading up to the, the Houston Wingorama, but then in the last 36 hours or so before the event, we completely sold out. So, you know, I think one of the big learnings there is just to gather as much information as you can about Um, you know kind of the the demographic in the city you're going to what their habits are in terms of ticket buying so that you can kind of plan for that accordingly and then of course you know every city uh, every municipality has different local rules laws regulations that you have to follow Um, and since you know we're cooking with fire and we have a lot of people at our festivals we always want to make sure that we stay ahead of that uh, can keep our patrons safe and then you know aren't violating the fire code what have you
0: fire code food safety code exactly codes get all your homework done, do as exactly. much shepherding as you can for the restaurants. Cause if you, if the restaurants, if you acquire one restaurant and they have a great experience, chances are subsequent years, subsequent markets, if they have multiple location, it allows you to have a real desire for, for restaurant participation in the event. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's um, switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about restaurants. I want, I, I'm really excited about this, this location. I'm really excited about the venue, uh, Republican Square Park when you're starting out with a festival you don't have you know if it's your first year you might not have as much brand equity or as much momentum this year you know you guys are are fairly established um recognizable in the space tell us about the evolution of your your earlier venues to where you are today what were your challenges getting a a really you know top tier a-list venue locked in like republic square park
1: yeah i mean i think one of the challenges at least in austin is just availability um we have so many good food festivals and outdoor events going on here that it's just when you look at the calendar it's just sometimes impossible even to find uh a space and a date that that works um you know weather is something that we've unfortunately always had to contend with so we've moved the event back to june 30th this year instead of doing it in april or may um and you know it'll be hot out but frankly i think that's easier to control for Uh, this Austin community is a lot more heat tolerant. There's a lot of great shade at Republic Square Park. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some tenting. Um, There's great facilities too. They're great have, facilities. They have like, you know, not gross bathrooms and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, weather is weather's something that, that's always been a little bit of a challenge for us. Um, just space. And then the thing that I'm really excited about with Republic Square Park is it's just such a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really want, you know, attendees to come, you know, and, eat wings and feel like they want to stick around for a while and hang out because they're in a good place to be. And, and I think that's what we really have with the public square park. So one of
0: the things that's really cool about Austin Wing Fest that, that I think is underpublicized is you guys actually have a wing eating competition that takes place in the event. So there's, there's kind of, there's a couple of levels of competition. The restaurants are competing for best wing, most innovative wing dish, but
1: attendees, there's a competition for them as well. Yeah, we kind of do an open call uh, for any attendee uh, who just is a glutton for punishment to sign up for a hot winging contest. Um, and then towards the end of the day, uh, we'll call about twelve brave souls up, and it's a race—the first to eat twelve hot wings. And the wings are really, really hot, and so it's it's always fun to see, you know, some folks get up there and you know fight through tears to to finish their wings. Um, and in the past, you know for the winner it's really just been about bragging rights this uh, year however we're yeah. getting some cool
0: something really cool we're we're bringing in a a, ch- a wrestling boxing style championship exactly wing fest belt it's like mega mega bragging rights. For. Yeah,
1: we we want to do something cool for the winner this year. Um, so I think the wrestling belt will really be that something that they can you know wear around the rest of the festival. And you know I'll probably just you know open a bar tab for them or something. <laughs> That'll just be their drink ticket. Is the <laughs> the wrestling belt the, for the rest of their lives as yeah, they walk around exactly, and wear exactly. this on a daily basis? Yeah.
0: Where do you see? You know, when you guys started, there were a bunch of not kinks, but just growing pains, learnings. What are some of the learnings that you've really uh, valued as an event organizer? What can you share with other event organizers out there who are, you know, developing their brand, have started their event, or are about to start their event series?
1: Yeah, I think you know the the big thing is just to always, always, always put yourself in the mind of your customer. Um, and for us, that's we have two customers. We have the event attendees, and we also have the restaurants who are our participants. But you know, with regard to the customers, um, at food festivals, lines just seem to always be an issue. And so we're constantly thinking through ways that we can eliminate bottlenecks, um, reduce lines, and just make the customer experience that much better so that they feel like they came, they got their fill of unlimited wings, um, but they didn't spend all day kind of standing in the heat waiting on them. So um, that's something we're always working on, and, and the same for the restaurants just putting yourselves in their shoes, making sure that you can eliminate um, as many of the pressure points as possible leading up to the event, and then you know, really giving them a huge ROI on the back end. Where
0: do you see Austin or not Austin but the but Wing evolving into what components? You know, in, in future events, do you want to start developing that you're thinking about now that uh, you want to get a better understanding of that you think can add value or, or a more rich experience for, for attendees down the line?
1: Yeah, I, there, there's a number of things. Um, I think we're actually looking to do a podcast uh, at the festival this year. Um, there's, there's a couple of famous podcasts out there who have expressed interest. Um, just some areas where there's more things for people to interact with besides just the food Um, and then you know an idea that that we're we're working on for this year is um, you know because people are just going to be waiting in line for for wings um, actually having You know, beer cart people serving them beer while they're in line, so they don't have to waste any additional time uh, in line for beer. Do you have like a vendor that's helping you guys? Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a local uh, local bar vendor, and we're gonna do kind of like a ball game beer style thing, where you know you really feel like you're, you know, if you're there to get your money's worth, which is chicken wings, you know, we don't want you to have to wait in line for anything else. Mm One of the one of the challenges that a
0: lot of event organizers have is they can they can understand the product offering, the ticketing, the pricing, what the patron is getting. They can understand how to engage with vendors, but one of the big challenges is sponsors, right? As an event organizer, if you can front load your sponsorships, they cut checks. It gives you more room to try to uh, you know innovate. It gives you more budget. It kind of de risks it. And this is something that a lot of event organizers struggle with. What have been some of your learnings? regarding developing sponsorship programs? What kinds of, of, of metrics or output are sponsors looking
1: for? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just lead time. Um, you know, many times these sponsors, their budgets will be spoken for, you know, 12 months in advance. So, you know, we're, we're working now to bring sponsors out to our event, show them what it's about, you know, and we're looking to 2020. So um, lead time is, is vitally important. Um, they also, you know, they're, they're looking for engagement, not just, um, you know, online audience, but brands are really looking for a way for, you know, the patrons at the event to interact with them. So uh, executing on and coming up with creative ideas for brand ac- activations is huge. Um, if you can sell them an idea, a creative idea to how to get their, for how to get their brand um, on the ground at your event, you're already adding more value than just saying, hey, we'll slap your name on a banner. So I think those are some biggies. Austin
0: Wingaramas is June 30th, Republican Square Park uh, from one to five o'clock and early bird or early entry gets in an hour early at noon. Uh, Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Scott. Any parting thoughts? No, I'm just excited
1: to see everybody out there. All right. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate you coming in.